1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk here on the Big Eight Seventy. Mike DeTeglia, along with Charlie Long and Steve Geller, will join us at five forty-five for a triple option. Man, unbelievable news with the Keyshawn Butte situation. We would have started with that, but news just breaking minutes ago that the Atlanta Falcons have hired Raheem Morris as the new head coach of the Falcons. Uh, Raheem had been a head coach before in the national football. League. actually had been the interim head coach with the Falcons in uh, 2020, but he had been the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2009 to 2011, the last three years. He's been the defensive coordinator with the LA Rams. And so now new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and, um, I think this boxes Bill Belichick out of any head coaching position. I don't, I don't see any team. I thought Atlanta was going to be his shot if he had one to get back in in 2024. And um, he may be at a, on a TV near you uh, during the football season. So big news, Charlie, that um, Raheem Morris takes over now as the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And earlier today, uh, the Carolina Panthers announced uh, uh, Dave Canales as the new head coach. Dave had been the uh, offensive coordinator last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did a great job with Baker Mayfield and that offense, uh, running it. his first time he had really been the offensive coordinator. He had been the passing game coordinator, quarterback coach with Seattle. Did a great job with Geno Smith in Seattle. And his connection there is Dan Morgan. You Think about it. He started his coaching NFL career there in 2010 as the wide receivers coach with Seattle. And Dan Morgan uh, was a pro personnel guy for the Seattle Seahawks from 2010 to 2017. That was a job you could see a lot of people, in, and I get to talk to him a lot during the week, so to speak. Agents were like, mm, I'm not sure about that job, uh, dealing with uh David Tepper. And you could see that that was going to go to an assistant coach somewhere. And Dave's done a great job, really did a fantastic job in Seattle with Geno Smith two years ago, this year with Baker Mayfield. But his connection is Dan Morgan, real sharp guy in this business. I've got to talk to Dan throughout the years, a really smart guy now. This better be the right choice, or is he going to hear about it uh, from the boss, who got no patience. Yeah, no one Zero. Wants to
2: work under David Tepper. I mean, it's an investment into Bryce Young. Uh, like you said, Geno Smith two years ago with the Seahawks, his kind of turnaround, and then Baker Mayfield, what he did on such a low contract this year with the Buccaneers. Uh, Canales, yeah, that's a hire for them, as I said, investing in their young for, former first overall pick quarterback. As far as Raheem Morris, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this one because I think you know you talked about it when we were previewing the, the Rams game you know about a month back when the Central, how good of a coach how, how good of a job he was doing with that defense because you know everyone knows Aaron Donald but outside of that could anyone really name any players on the Rams defense and what he did with a lot of young pieces that they added uh, I mean they they shed you know Jalen Ramsey to Miami but they were still middle of the pack sort of defense but what he was doing there uh, scheme wise it was very excellent and then you know, looking at what happened with Ryan Nielsen hopping from Atlanta to Jacksonville, I mean, their defense was the strength of their team this past year, as far as the Falcons go. So you're going and getting a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, now, what do you do at the quarterback position? There were all these rumors about Bill Belichick and Kirk. No, Cousins. the
1: scary one was Harbaugh.
2: Yeah, well, Harbaugh, Harbaugh. I think we all kind of figured he would end up in L.A., yeah. and that was made official last night. But the fact that he he interviewed—I (laughs) know—right after we got off air, the fact that he interviewed twice with Atlanta. I mean, Schefter just tweeted out that 14 coaches interviewed for that Atlanta job, including Belichick, Mike Vrabel, the former Titans coach, and then also Harbaugh, who was looking to make his jump back to the NFL, and they go with Raheem Morris. And you know, the reports after Morris did his interview with the Falcons were that he just knocked their socks off. He was outstanding in that interview, uh, and they obviously wanted him. They went and got their guy. Now. You know, I kind of like what you said about Belichick. Does this mean he's going to TV? Because I don't. Nah, think, I would think so. I don't. Washington's going to end up hiring Ben Johnson yeah, in all likelihood but, from Detroit, though. See, and then what's going to happen with Seattle? Uh, I mean, if you're looking at the, I candidates can't see for that Belichick job, going there. Be- but he's not even listed as a candidate no. for him right now. I don't know.
1: And then so I, I think he's going to be on a TV near you.
2: Yeah, no, so I, I completely agree. Uh,
1: so again, with Raheem. Uh, Relates well to players. Uh, I've talked to people that have uh, played under Raheem. They really like him. Good communicator. But he's got to get that quarterback position fixed because they've got some pieces there. With a running game, a really good offensive line, with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, there are some pieces on offense, but one, and that's at the most critical spot, uh, at the quarterback spot. So he's got to get that fixed. I think he'll do a great job on the defensive side of the football. I agree. Uh, and again, I think it goes to show you a little bit younger coach with some experience uh, and ability to relate to players. I think the one knock on Belichick is toward the end, he couldn't. He couldn't relate to today's game. He couldn't accept that he could coach defense. Great defensive coach. But his inability to relate to the changing game offensively sunk his boat in New England. And I think and, that's kind of what. And him wanting full control. Yeah, that's where the he Falcons
2: kind of got cold feet, I think. Uh, there were a bunch of reports saying that they had interviewed him twice, that they were kind of looking at potentially working something out, and then. You know, all the rumors were that Kirk Cousins would want to play under a guy like Bill Belichick, and he's a free agent this upcoming offseason. So would that be like the combo to move to Atlanta? Well, now all that's out of the window. Like, Belichick's not going anywhere. He's not going to be – as you said, he's not going to be coaching this upcoming season in all likelihood – uh, and he's probably going to have to wait till the next cycle uh, to find his next head coaching opportunity. And
1: he's the historian. Man, he knows it. And if you listen to that 100 years of the NFL, him telling stories about when he was with the Giants and LT and and things that had happened across the league, man, he was really entertaining. Now, a lot of people consider him that he's dry, didn't handle the media well, but they, I, I really enjoyed what he did in those episodes of going through the different coaches when he talked about Paul Brown mm-hmm. and, and how he reshaped the game in, in so many different ways. I, he was excellent doing that. Can he adapt to TV? I'm not talking about calling games, but no. in studio, man, Bill knows it. He, he still does. His relationship, though, with the offensive game, I think, is you, you saw it at the end. He, did, he got along with Mac Jones, then didn't get along. It was a revolving door at quarterback. You got a defensive coach, coaching offense. Come on. Um, it wasn't going to work. And nobody was going to hand him full control of personnel because general manager Bill Belichick got head coach Bill Belichick fired. He, he was not good evaluating talent uh, in the end years with the New England Patriots. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you, along with Charlie Long and uh, Steve Geller, will join us at 540. Do you dream of riding in a carnival parade? WWL has a spot for you and a guest to roll with the crew of Argus on Mardi Gras Day. Ride high atop a float with everything you need costume, throws for two, all free. Go to WWL.com slash contest now and register for your chance to win the ride of a lifetime and the greatest free show on earth. How about that? Do it Mardi Gras style at WWL. And again, you can go to WWL.com slash contest now and enter for your chance to win for two people to ride crew of August Mardi Gras day. Les Bontemps Roulay, WWL style. Charlie, right as we getting off yesterday, I get to my car and I see the flash. Jim Harbaugh going to uh, the L.A. Chargers. No surprise. We've talked about it for weeks that it seemed to be the destination spot for him. What it leaves is a big hole at Michigan. Looks as though Sharon Moore is going to be the guy, the interim coach. Um, It's late in the kind of period now. uh, And now... It opens up the 30-day window for players can leave Michigan through the transfer portal. And I think there's a law in Michigan. I think it's seven days. They have to wait before you can make a hire there. So uh, it looks as though everything I've talked to people around there and doing shows this morning, that Sharon Moore is going to be the guy there who was the former offensive line coach, co-offensive coordinator, was the interim coach. When Jim was suspended, but Jim's record 86 and 25 at Michigan won a national championship, three wins over Ohio State oh yeah to, to finish it man and for Michigan fans, that's the one thing that stands out the most but you know when he was in San Francisco he he was 44, 19 and one with a winning percentage of .695. That's basically 70% wins in the NFL. So a lot of people, oh, he, he didn't relate to the NFL. He did. But he had problems with the general manager there, and who's now in Jacksonville. And the general manager won the war, so to speak, and convinced uh, the York family to get rid of Jim. And uh, it worked out pretty good, uh, certainly for Jim, and to go to Michigan, his alma mater, and being able to win a national championship. But one thing, Charlie, I think – I don't know if it was a push, but it might have been a, a little bit of a shove.
2: Can you believe it's already been like a decade, basically, yeah. that since he's been with the 49ers that
1: just time flies, right? But right. when you in the crosshairs of the NCAA, you better get out oh, of he's Dodge. Oh, I mean, he's jumping ship. You he's better get out of Dodge. Sure. That's, now, Michigan's would be a coveted job, but even – if they were considering an outsider, and I don't know that they are, and I don't think they would. Now, all this foolishness, you know, the thing about, the, you know, uh, Brian Kelly and all that, that, that that that's great for you to get a click. But it's not reality. And to think about the fact the NCA is up here, you know what, uh, to go after you. And they're not going to let loose just because Harbaugh left. They're going to go after Michigan. Uh, to spank you it's like you said mike it's going to be sharon Moore
2: almost certainly he's the overwhelming favorite to be upgraded he was the oc for michigan he was the active head coach when harbaugh was suspended it makes all the sense in the world you just won a national championship you're going like when you have coaches leave a lot of the times the portal becomes open a lot of players will jump ship just like the coach but with keeping sharon Moore, i think that's a good way to keep a lot of the roster intact as well at michigan uh, but if you're Harbaugh, I mean, you did what you set out to do. You got your team, your old alma mater, back up to the mountaintops of college football. You got them a national championship. You want to go back to the NFL? You want to avoid all these sanctions that are going to be coming from the NCAA? And go there's ahead no and do gray it.
1: area with Jimmy.
2: And now you can either go be you the head like coach. him or yeah. you
1: don't. And there I, is no gray area
2: with Harbaugh. No, but I mean, what do you think about the fit? Uh, now he gets to go be the head coach of you know Justin it's a Herbert great in hit LA. Fit for him. I, it, it was we were stunned that. They they kept Brandon Staley after that collapse last year in the postseason with Jacksonville, and once again they go five and twelve. They end up with a top five pick in this upcoming draft with that type of roster. That should never happen. Brandon Staley was awful as a head coach. As a DC, different story. He's a very bright defensive mind, and I think he may end up in Miami. That's what I'm thinking as well. Uh, because That's one of those early names. Mike
1: McDaniel and him have the same agent,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and you know they know one each other from years back. So. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brandon end up in Miami, but Jim Harbaugh, I think, will have success big time uh, with the L.A. Chargers. You know, a year ago, Denver talked to him and they were deep in negotiations. It did not work out, and, and they went with Sean Payton. And two years ago, the Vikings really were in deep negotiations with Jim, and he decided to stay at Michigan. Um, so this is not a guy that looked to be that Michigan was going to be a lifetime job for him yeah when you come that close twice uh to landing NFL jobs that tells you he he wanted to go back to the
2: NFL look at the AFC West now Mike the head coaches out there you got Andy Reid with the Chiefs you got now Antonio Pierce who's now taking over the Raiders you've got Jim Harbaugh with the Chargers and you got Sean Payton with the Broncos I mean come on man that's a uh, that's a pretty that's tough. a lot of big names. Put in it there.
1: to you this way: When Sean signed up for this, I didn't think he thought that <laughs> <that's> <laughs> he'd be a, coaching against Harbaugh. No, and, Harbaugh and, and and listen, uh, he better find a quarterback too. Yeah, uh, that, that's a situation there. You're in year two, and you know I don't I don't know how much patience they'll have because they are paying him a lot of money, and this is a new owner, and he is not sort of shot from the hip. Uh, So to speak, uh, like we've seen David Tepper do, but he does have a lot of money and he expects results and fast and Andy Reid, what he's done there is just phenomenal. And every year those rumors will be out about Andy because of his age and his accomplishments that this may be the last year. You got Mahomes. This is the best defense he's had in Kansas City. I just brought it up because the Saints are going to be playing the AFC West. This yeah, it's going to be tough. So that's all. That's the coaches. That's the slate of coaches you're going to
2: be playing cross conference. So.
1: Yeah, because somebody had, had flicked this out that you know it's going to be an easy schedule next year too because of win loss. But look who you are playing at quarterback, and look the head coaches you're going up against. That's the big difference.
2: I'm sorry, Mike. The Los Angeles Chargers are not going to be a five win team with
1: Jim Harbaugh. No, no, they're going to be a much better team, and they'll be a playoff team with Jim Harbaugh we'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break we're back here on sports talk on the Big 870 Mike Detail along with Charlie Long Steve Geller will join us at 540 uh, part of triple option want to tell everybody it's seven o'clock tonight the most anticipated regular season game maybe in the PMAC in the last 25 years and certainly in the history of LSU's women's basketball as number one-ranked South Carolina plays LSU, ninth-ranked LSU. I was I saw a couple of sites uh, from Baton Rouge TV stations. There were people outside waiting to get in at about 2.45 this afternoon. That, that's how big this is. Game day there, so you know it's big, and you can hear that game live right here on the Big 870. AMFM.com, also free on the Odyssey app. On our Oakwood Heart Jewelers talking Text line, we have Brian Bosarge of the Draft Countdown. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for, for joining us this afternoon, and he's covering the Senior Bowl, and, man, that's right around the corner, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Hey, I uh, appreciate you
3: guys for having me on.
1: Brian, uh, one of the things I've always told Jim Nagy is that, uh, and he runs the senior board, senior director of senior board, he does a great job with offensive linemen and bringing those guys in. And when you talk to agents, they all tell you the same thing. Man, listen, even though my guy might be projected as a late first-round pick, I want him playing in that game. I I want the scouts to watch him. Uh, And that's the one area most of the guys won't beg out. You know, they're going to go to that game. Every once in a while, you'll see one that won't show up. But that has been a real strong point. And one of the players there, I, I'll ask you your opinion on, got to see him play so much in high school here uh, at Warren Eastern. Cedric Van Praan, who was a three-year starter at center uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs, did a great job there for them. He'll play in that game. And uh, also Jackson Powers Johnson uh, from Oregon, who <laughs> – Fantastic. You look at his career, former defensive lineman, played both uh, in high school, played a little bit of both at Oregon, uh, has a wrestling background. I thought he had a phenomenal year this year uh, for the Ducks. And he's one guy I've got rated, I think he's 22nd on my list of of players uh, for the 2024 draft. So your comments on uh, Van Prawn and also Jackson Powers-Johnson.
3: Yeah, the, both of you, both of you guys, you, you hit the nail on the head. Both of these guys are studs, and if either one of them were taken in the back into of the first round, I don't think either one of us would be shocked. Von Prahn so athletic, uh, quick, quick to get that second level uh, for Georgia, and you know he's got to be a, if he's playing for Georgia, starting for Georgia. I mean, he's doing something right. You know the way they've been playing. And Jackson Powers Johnson taking advantage of that uh, new rule the NFL allowing the uh, the underclassmen to play in the All Star games this yep. year. Uh, so he, he's taking advantage of that coming down here to, uh, to Mobile and playing. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's so much power there. and it's right there in his name, right? But he's, he's got some nasty hands. And um, you know, Bo Nix was probably the least pressure quarterback, if not the least pressure quarterback of any uh, in college football this year. And Jackson Powers Johnson was a big part of that. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing both those guys. Uh, I have both those and Cooper Beebe from Kansas State as uh, all competing to be that top uh, interior offensive lineman in this draft class.
1: At the wide receiver position, uh, I'll throw you two names. Uh, Malachi Corley, I watched him play a lot at Western Kentucky. I don't want to compare him to Debo Samuel. Uh, but he did a lot of the same things Debo did at South Carolina and is doing with the 49ers. He's doing at Western Kentucky. Uh, and he's one hell of a player, uh, Malachi. And also, young man that uh, I got to see him play a lot in high school because uh, I still live on the Bayou, and he's a River Parish guy uh, from Hornville High School and played at Tulane, uh, Jaquan Jackson, a speedster guy, uh, I think needs to get physically a little bit stronger. But, boy, can he run, and he can get up the field and he catches the ball real clean. Yeah, uh, you don't want to compare Malachi Core to Debo or Samuel, but you kind of have to,
3: right? Because yeah. they're built exactly the same. The same. They both yeah. look like running backs playing wide receiver, and they run with the ball in their hands just like that, right? They they run with authority, like you know. You see receivers trying to avoid contact; they're not, and they do some of the same things uh, with with the football, catching it. You know, he was very productive there for the Hilltoppers. The last couple of seasons. So you like to see that. Well, with Jaquan Jackson, you you mentioned it, big time speed, going to get to play with his quarterback, Michael Pratt, in the game. So you like, you know, he'll have some familiarity there as well. Uh, I'm I'm with you, a little undersized at 185. uh, But, you know, we're seeing smaller receivers, you know, starting, you know, as long as he can show he can separate here in these practices next week, that's going to be big, right? Because you saw the impact Tank Dale had last year as a rookie before his injury and you know it, it so the nfl is starting to lighten up a little bit on these lighter receivers
1: brian uh one player that's there that you know a lot of people why would michael Penix go there uh my thing is uh you're not exactly sure you're going to end up being in a first round but i, I think he will there and there are some people in the saints uh for office that really like michael Penix jr and i like him too uh got to Spend so much time with him at the Manning Passing Academy. And he did tell me, I think I'll be back to play in the senior bowl. And sure enough, his name's on that senior bowl list. Your thoughts on Michael Penix, I think it's – we're going to see one, two, three. Uh, First three picks in the draft, all quarterbacks. It'll be Caleb, it'll be Jaden, Drake May. And then a little bit of a gap. And I think the big question mark on who goes at four, uh, will it be Penix? Will it be J.J. McCarthy from Michigan? Uh, possibly uh, Bo Nix, but uh, Michael Penix, to me, he can spin it. He's smart. The medicals at the combine will be important for him. But your thoughts on watching Penix over the last two years, now that he's healthy and he does he's had two knee operations, so that will be a cause of concern. That will take a long look at the medicals, but your thoughts on Penix?
3: Yeah, the injuries are a concern, right? So he's had ACL tears in both knees, right? Not just one, but both. Yep. So that that is obviously concerning. Um, God, he's got such a big arm, right? And his deep ball accuracy might be some of the best amongst any of the quarterback prospects in this class. The problem I have, other than the injuries with Pennix, is also his age. He's going to enter what would be like a 24, 24-and-a-half-year-old 24 rookie uh, when he gets drafted. So that's concerning for NFL teams, maybe not for us as evaluators as much, but – he he struggles a bit when you when you get him off his his spot right. He when he's, he starts getting people in his feet in that pocket, he's not exactly comfortable, and it kind of throws him off. He saw a lot of that uh, in the national championship game against Michigan, when Michigan forced him off his spot. The accuracy suffered a little bit, so that's kind of something you like to see him clean up. But it's going to be super fun. Uh, him and Bo Nix both been on the national team at the Senior Bowl, so we're probably yeah. going to get to see him rip it right after the one after the other in practice. So uh, for like you said, competing to be that potential fourth quarterback off the board, you're gonna get, you're not gonna get much more uh, competitive than right. Like I said, seeing them back to back in almost every rep.
2: Brian, Mike, and I have talked about this. One of the biggest things about the Senior Bowl recently has been the development of getting senior offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And one of those guys that's going to the Senior Bowl this upcoming week is going to be UCLA's Liatu Latu, who's mm. a top 15 prospect by most you know standards. I want to get your thoughts on him and what he can prove at the
1: Senior Bowl. As that well. dude's got technique. Man, like a, somebody's played in this league three or four years, Brian. Really, you yeah, don't it, see like, it, people that yeah. can use their arms and hands like what he can.
3: Yeah, he, he his hand usage is off the charts, right? And he's got a wide array of pass rush moves. I love Latu. I've been on his – since the first game I watched him earlier this season, I'm like, this is my guy. I love this guy. I'm so glad to see him in the senior bowl. Injuries – his injury concerns may be more than Penix, though. I mean, he was medically retired – uh, at Washington, right? Like their doctors right. wouldn't clear him. UCLA's doctors cleared him to play football and so he's playing again. So combine again, while senior bowl is going to be big for him and him with some of the offensive tackles, he's going to be going up against in practice every day. Those are going to be some super fun matchups, right? Cuz the the national team offensive tackles are, are awesome, so you, you're looking forward to seeing that. But um, the combine, like with Penix, I think the, the medicals there are going to be the biggest thing, to whether is a top-ten pick or ends up sliding down uh, into that late first round.
2: Another defensive lineman that made a name for himself this year, Texas' uh, Tavondre Sweat, who was outstanding for you know the Longhorns defensive line. We talked about Bo Davis coming to LSU and what he did for his development at UT,
1: uh, but also get your thoughts on him at the Senior Bowl. But that other guy can play, too, Byron Murphy. Ooh-wee! Uh, I think he's the best interior lineman in this draft. I, I don't know how you feel, Brian, but man, that guy can play. Yeah, Byron Murphy's super super stud.
3: Uh, he's 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 a pass rusher, right? He's got that quick hands, quick power. You know, speed to power uh, up the middle. That's why I like about Byron Murphy. Uh, but but to talk about Tavondre Sweat um, in what I would say is one of as a very weak um, nose tackle class. He's probably the best pure nose tackle uh, in in this draft class. I don't know how high you draft that these days. Is it third round? Is it fourth round? I'm not sure. But uh, if you're a team that's in need of just a pure two-down run, plug, and nose, Tavondre Sweat's probably your guy that you're going to target in this draft class.
1: Brian, uh, who are your top guys you're looking for at cornerback? Because we've seen this almost like tsunami of all these wideouts outs year in, year out. And there's not enough cover guys, uh, to be honest with you, uh, to match up your thoughts on the top cover guys that'll be hitting, uh, the senior bowl. I
3: mean, to me, I think the best cover corner that's going to be down there is going to be Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. Yeah. Great ball skills, you know, got good link. You get, you like to see that, um, some some of the guys probably going to head in that second round area. I like Chris Abrams Drain out of Missouri. Uh, very uh, productive. Had like something like almost 20 career pass breakups. Um, him and his teammate Rakestraw Ra- 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 was supposed to be here as well, but I think he's out injured. Uh, Auburn's got Auburn's got one in DJ James that I like as well. Got good length, a little undersized uh, weight wise, but uh, those guys. Uh, Kalen King from Penn State's another. And I think one of the best pure nickels in this draft might be Mike Saner from Michigan, uh, also going to be down here at the Senior Bowl. But those guys uh, are going to have their hands full with some of these wide receivers, uh, these quick-shifty wide receivers we got down here at the game.
1: Last year, Brian, Charlie and I talked about it. Uh, I've done this for over 35 years. I'd never seen a tight end class like this. Uh, Talent in-depth at that tight end position. It was as good as I've ever seen. Uh, this year, looking at the senior bowl, who your thoughts are on the uh, best tight ends? Because now, I think last year's class showed and their ability to adapt to the NFL quickly, uh, that it's a spot to hit early. Your thoughts on the top tight ends at the senior bowl? It ain't great, Mike. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be I agree.
3: honest. I mean, outside of Brock Bowers. I mean, and maybe JT Sanders at Texas. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know that there's a tight end going to go in the first two days. Um, I think the best ones at the Senior Bowl are going to be more of your H back types. Uh, as a matter of fact, we talked to Jim Nagy at the local media uh, press conference the other day, and he said both of those guys are going to ref at fullback as well uh, during the week. Jaheim Bell from Florida State and Ben Sanat from Kansas State. Outside of those two, I think maybe the best one is also on their team, the American team, that's Jared Wiley from TCU. But I'm not sure he's more of a uh, a fifth round uh, flyer.
1: The offline backer position, we saw Roquan, and he, he does such a great job with that spot. And so, and Patrick Queen also on the off linebacker positions, uh, which today everybody's looking for pass rush. You got to influence quarterback some kind of way. But uh, the offline backer position. Who's your top guy in Mobile?
3: Probably going to be Cedric Gray from North Carolina. If you're looking for that guy who can rush the passer more uh, from that off-linebacker position, he was very productive uh, this year for the Tar Heels, got decent size of 6'2", 220. Um, as far as just best pure linebackers down here, I would say maybe Peyton Wilson from NC State had a little injury history there as well, but he's you know one of the better, most productive linebackers in college football this year. And outside of that, I'm anxious to see a little bit about Trevin Wallace from Kentucky. who's a third-year player that uh, entered the draft. He's got 6'2", 241 size here. Tyron Hopper from Missouri is another guy to kind of keep an eye on. But as far as pass rushing from that position goes, I think it's Cedric Gray.
1: Brian, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Always appreciate it and hope to get you on next week. Uh, maybe some updates on uh, some of the practices that are uh, happening. And there's always scuttlebutt, you know, that, that. that's where it's a good place to be. Man, you talk about, you know, people say, oh, women talk. Man, you around a bunch of dudes, man, they'll tell you everything. And, and uh, sometimes it's not the truth, but they do talk a lot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's always a blast, Mike. Anytime you want me on, y'all just gotta uh, give me a call.
1: Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you. Brian Bosarge of Draft Countdown, uh, covering the Senior Bowl out Mobile. And, man, that is the center of the NFL. It's hard to believe. For a full you, week. Yeah. Years ago, man, the Hula Bowl, they, they, were, they were head up against them. Growing up, it was most of the top guys, man, I got a free trip to go to Hawaii. I'm out of there. But now that they figured it out, I'm going to go to Mobile. Got a lot of scouts and coaches, GMs, people that make those decisions and it's the meetings there. You got a lot of one-on-one meetings with coaches and also GMs and personnel directors. We'll be back to finish it up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870 right after this break. We're finishing up here in our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long. Steve Geller will join us at 540. A little after 520 today, one of the legendary special teams coaches of all time from Shawmet. Bobby April will join us at 520 Talk Special Teams and the importance of it, especially as we get to these conference championship games. Charlie, a lot of people have asked me, why would Bo Dix, why would Michael Penix Jr. show up uh, to the Senior Bowl? You know what? You're not assured of going where you're going. I don't care if you play in the game, the practices. That's what really counts And these one-on-one interviews with so many openings so to speak, at quarterback in the NFL, go in there and impress someone and they would pick you higher. It's not about the game. It's really about the practice. And you only got to do it to one team. Like I said, this ain't the presidential election. You ain't got to win the ele- electoral vote here. You, you just team. got one team to say, he's my guy, and I'm going to go with him. If you don't have one of the top three picks, you're not going to get Daniels or May or Caleb. It's the relationships that you kind of create exactly. through the senior bowl. That's exactly why they go. You're 100% right, Mike. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seven Eight right after this news break.